Hi, I'm Sophie Wilson, and this is People of the Pool, where we have conversations with those making a positive change in Liverpool's business community. We're known for our music, for our culture, tourism, and of course, football. But what's caught my eye since moving back from down south is the innovation and entrepreneurship that's happening in the city region. And this podcast is about championing just that. I'm blue, not red. I don't have a purple wheelie bin, but I'm still a proud Scouser and I can't wait to share the stories of positive, inspirational changemakers with me. If you ever wondered what was inside the big mansion house in Calderstones Park, it's The Reader, a national charity that uses the power of literature and reading aloud to transform lives. In this episode of People of the Pool, we meet Gemma Guerrier, Managing Director of The Reader. Okay, Gemma, welcome to People of the Pool. Thanks very much for having me. Hi. Hi. So for those listeners who haven't been yet, can you just paint a picture of the mansion house in Calderstones Park in Liverpool and tell us what happens inside it? Oh, I can. And it's really easy to do that, actually, because I've been this morning with my two-year-old and the park is, it's a beautiful park. It's one of South Liverpool's gems, really. And we're, we're in spring here at the moment, are we? And the, the blossoms are really showing. It's gorgeous. But yeah, for the reader, we're a national charity. It's our HQ. Um, and we're really lucky to be um, custodians of, of the mansion house. It's a grade two listed Georgian house in the middle of the park um, and was dilapidated for, for many years. It'd been a council building and all sorts. Um, but the reader had a vision to recall it to life, to reopen it, um, to be a space, a public space for the community, a place where people could come together to discover their creativity. Um, we do lots of shared reading there, which I know we'll talk about, I'm sure, later on. Um, but lots of creative activities that, that bring people together. So um, we finally opened it in September 2019 um, on a beautiful day. I think we had about 5,000 people from across the city come to the opening um, and then closed, obviously, six months later, which is another story. But now we're open again, seven days a week. Um, and you'll find a range of weekly activities there so if you went today you might find an upcycling group happening probably a shared reading group happening heritage tours yoga poetry so lots of things that go on every week and most of them are free Mm. but we also have um public events so at the back of the house there's actually a really interesting art deco theater that was sort of tacked on to the original building um, and it opens out onto this beautiful garden it's really stunning we have beautiful trees in the park um and in in the post-war years it was used as the holidays at home so we've got amazing black and white photos of people on deck chairs and people you know dancing singing on the stage so for us now it's a really lovely space to bring um garden theatre again so we've got a really good program of garden theatre going on so um yeah lots of cultural activities there's a lovely cafe there there's a ice cream parlour which I was at again this morning with my two-year-old um and for families we've got the story bar as well so um that's um, a separate part of it and it's a converted barn and um, original part of the estate that we've turned into this um really imaginative um play space where little people and their parents and carers and teachers can discover books we know reading for pleasure is really important. So it's mm. a really creative space and there's lots of weekly activities going on for kids there and their families. Um, lots lots planned for the summer. 
Um, so a whole range of stuff. I hope something for everybody, I guess, and is the short answer to your question. There's so much going on. And I've been and visited a number of times now working with the reader and participating in some of your activities. I had a, I had a birthday picnic um, there as well in the park in September, but I didn't know that upcycling and yoga and all these things were happening behind the closed doors of the mansion house. So to listeners who haven't haven't visited in Calderstones Park, do go. Um, but what I'd really like to, to get into today a little bit with you, Gemma, is how exactly you've talked, obviously, the reader, it's, it's a, a national charity about reading, but how exactly does the reader use reading aloud to transform lives? Well, our vision really is of a world where everybody can experience the power of literature to survive and live well. So um, every week, um, we're a national charity, as you say, our volunteers and staff run weekly groups where we bring people together to read a piece of literature, could be poem, story, novel, extract, short story, to read a piece of text aloud together. And we call this shared reading. For me, it was actually a completely new way of reading. Um, I'd heard of book clubs before, um, uh, you know, where you read something by yourself at home and you prep your opinions on it and and then join a group of people to talk about that. Um, This is quite a different way of reading. So there's no prior reading is required. You don't have to be able to read, actually, because the texts are read aloud. Um, every group has a group leader who will have picked something to read and, and prep that a little bit. Um, but group members can read aloud if they want to. Um, so it's quite an experiential and collaborative way of reading. Um, we're experiencing it together in the moment, live, um, around a table, wherever that might might be. Um, and the evidence shows, we've been doing this for some time now, that this model of reading improves mental well-being, reduces socialisation and helps up, helps, helps us discover new meaning. Um, it's, you know, we've got 500 of these groups at the moment running across the UK um, in all sorts of places. Um, so what it does for people really varies because we have, as we said before, you know, little people, one-year-olds um, doing shared reading with us at Coldstones, but we also read with people with dementia in care homes. So um, a whole range of people, and that's the joy of it because the model is really accessible and really flexible. So, so yeah, that's the main thing that the reader does. Yeah, it, it, it sounds really interesting. I mean, I, I've got an English lit degree and I, I love reading and I love... I experienced reading aloud when I was studying, but it feels like something that might might sound a bit scary. Maybe you mentioned, you know, being able to read even isn't a, a sort of condition. Um, but j- just talk to me a bit more about that how it how it's accessible because I know, for example, you run shared reading groups in prison and probation settings and all sorts of different places how are you kind of making it accessible for people who perhaps might not have a a background in literature or who might even to struggle with with reading yeah I mean we're on a mission to really kind of you know demystify that and bring it to new people in new ways because I think that's one of the challenges isn't it I haven't got a lit degree and actually was probably a bit of a dormant reader I was actually turned off fiction at school I didn't have a good time of it and stopped reading fiction in my 20s I found it 
in, inaccessible. Um, and then I think as I got older, I really struggled to find the time to read as well. Um, so for me, there's something really joyous in in experiencing reading together. Um, I need a bit of uh, encouragement to do that. And actually shared reading really gives me that. So yeah, we have to work quite hard at it. You're right, because lots of people have different perceptions about reading. Either they, they can't read, they did they weren't read to as a child, um, didn't have good experiences at school or university if they did, you know, those more formal educational experiences. So, you know, we know that relationships are really important. You know, come and have a cuppa, try it out. We often do tasters if we're working somewhere new, if we're working in a new prison or a new care home or a new community space. Um, you know, it is dropping. So the commitment is, you know, people can just try it out. Um, and we know actually that from our staff and volunteers that run the groups that some really powerful, magical things can happen in shared reading groups. But, and they, but those moments come in all shapes and sizes. For some people, the first time they actually speak in a group could be really massive because they haven't had the confidence to to be in that environment before. The first time that somebody takes the print out of a poem away with them might indicate that we're starting to really build a relationship with that person. Um yeah, I mean, you mentioned those different settings before. So um, we know from our work in care homes, and we've done quite a bit of research around reading with people living with dementia, that shared reading improves mood, can really provoke new memories and new thoughts for those people. We do work in over 30 prisons and probation settings across the UK. And those readers are telling us that in their week, coming to that shared reading group is a safe space for them and it's somewhere where they can feel vulnerable um, and be okay with that and our research with that work with those with those readers also shows us that hearing other people's perspectives which is what happens in this process you know you've got the perspectives of the people that you're reading about haven't you but you've also got the other people around the table that actually that process of hearing other people's perspectives helps them think differently about themselves. That's quite a profound connection there. Um, but that's what, you know, a lot of our impact and research is, is telling us. Those deep connections can really spark personal change. It's almost as if everything that happens in the room is not necessarily about those words on the page. It's about the connections that sparked between the people. I mean, I I have participated in a shared reading session myself and was quite surprised how we were reading a Thomas Hardy short story, I think it was. So, you know, you might think that might be a bit inaccessible. It's sort of an older story. and But, but in the room, what took place was, and it was older people in, in that group, um, I'd say people much older than me generally, um, but just hearing their stories and the memories it provoked for them and, and their life experiences and how they perceived um, what this chap was doing to this lady in, in the story. It was, it was really, it was fun. It was interesting. And I had such a glimpse into the lives of, of strangers, essentially, that I wouldn't have had had I not done that one one and a half hour session so yeah it's really magical oh that's really lovely to hear I'm really glad you had that experience and I think that's what part of the challenge actually for us with with shared reading is that it's quite hard to articulate and make real that feeling until you've done it 
um, I can definitely recognise some of those experiences. It's a very creative process. Um, and we find that a lot of our readers tell us that they, you know, the harder the text, the meatier the text, actually the more rewarding it can be after a group. You know, if you imagine, I mean, I'll speak for myself, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't see myself as really being a poetry reader. Um, and actually since, work, since working at the reader, that's been a huge discovery. But often the first time we read it, at the beginning of a 90-minute session, you just think, sorry, what was that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what this is going on about. But what we do in the group is, is you know, read it again, read it slowly, unpick some lines, be slow and together, and really those, and use the text to um, really think about what that makes us feel and, and what we think. And, and it's a really, yeah, it's a really creative process. We've created People of the Pool podcast with the support of the team at Bengo Media. Dozens of businesses, large and small, turn to Bengo Media to get their podcasts up and running through their training, consultancy, and even hands-on production. And right now, Bengo Media is offering you, People of the Pool listeners, free online training to help get your podcast launched in 90 days. You'll get insight into the steps to take and some of the biggest mistakes to avoid. So... To claim your free online podcast training from Bengo Media, go to podcastschools.com now. That's podcastschools with an S dot com. And do you have any any favourite stories or moments that have that you could obviously not mentioning any names or breaching confidentiality, but do any moments stand out for you as memorable from a shared reading session? Oh, uh, well, there's two ways you can think of. Um and you know we What's lovely is, you know, we these groups wouldn't happen without our volunteers. You know, the reader has hundreds of volunteers that prepare and carefully lead these groups every week, um, week in, week out. Um, and they, they tell us a lot about what, you know, what happens in these groups and what they're reading. And as I said before, those those special moments, or we would call breakthrough moments, can come in all shapes and sizes. You know, a group that was, um, you know, really engaged in a text or... Um, I've had moments where somebody has spoken about something personal for the first time or really um, realised something about themselves that might be fresh. They're quite big moments. At the moment, some of my, um, a lot of the shared reading I'm doing at the moment is with staff, actually. So the reader does a lot of shared reading in the workplace. Um, and we're keen to inspire other businesses to to try it out, actually, as well. So obviously we do it because we are trying to export shared reading to the world. But um, it's a really fantastic way for um, to develop um, teams, to to bridge team relationships, to find out about um, our colleagues, to um, obviously as part of our wellbeing support for staff, it's really crucial. Um, but we do it as part of away days or our all staff conference every year. We do shared reading as part of interviews. And I've had some really great sessions with staff recently. Um, we had an away day um, a few weeks ago. Um, and I had in my group someone who worked in the cafe at Calderstones, someone who leads shared reading in prisons, someone who works in HR, um, and some other colleagues. And we were reading Red Dust Road by Jackie Kay. Um, her autobiography and it's got really interesting um, lots of themes in there so much um, so much to, to unpick and so much that everybody whatever their background can relate to um, family relationships bereavement adoption um, racism um, 
And it was just a fantastic shared reading group and a chance to really get to know colleagues from a different perspective. You know, you're you're not uh, the finance director. You're Joe Bloggs, the finance director, yeah. you know, who's also got a life and, and other things that we don't often see in the workplace. So, and an inner um, life. Yeah, I've had some real... The inner life, exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In a workplace, that, that added understanding um, is really helpful. Yeah, and I think hearing about the reader's work in a business context is, is really interesting and particularly for listeners of, of this podcast. I want to touch very briefly, because I know we don't have a, a great deal of time, but on on a new initiative that um, has opened a few doors up from this very studio in which I'm sitting, uh, which is the Reader Bar and Restaurant that's opened on Mount Pleasant. Um, and it's really your kind of social enterprise restaurant that supports the readers charitable work I mean I've been it's amazing absolutely loved it but just tell us a little bit more about the bar and restaurant and maybe inspire some of our listeners to go and give it a visit well thanks for coming what did what did you have do you remember what you ate fish finger sandwich with amazing mushy peas and hand cut chips fabulous delicious delicious yes (laughs) we're very lucky we've got a fantastic chef in Jeff who's um Oh, it's curating some gorgeous menus at the moment. Um, yeah, it's a new venture. And as you say, it's our um, it's our new social enterprise. So the reader is not new to social enterprise. We have a cafe I mentioned before, an ice cream parlour um, and an events business at Calderstone. So um, some of the space in the mansion house can be hired for corporate away days or weddings, funerals and events. So that's all part of our social enterprise, which means all the profits and the um, the money we, we earn through those businesses goes back to support the readers' charitable work. Um, it's always been part of our DNA, I think. We're a making organisation, you know, and making our own money is part of that. Um, times are really tough for charities at the moment. Um, so that independent earned income is really important for our longer term um, strategy. So the restaurant is new. It's the first um, thing and um, permanent thing that we've done in city centre. Uh, on Mount Pleasant um, it is fantastic food I know I'm biased but I've been several times since the new year and I really love my food and I love my cheese and it's it's fantastic um, really great food and a chance for us really I guess to, to meet new communities that may not know about shared reading um, or Calderstones which is in south, you know south of the city um, so we hope that it's going to be a chance for us to meet some new people and inspire them into um in our mission and our work um but primarily obviously to give them a fantastic dining experience it's a really lovely space isn't it it's kind of it's quite intimate but you know enough space to to have a nice event there if you want um event space it's um it's quite a flexible space yeah it's beautiful it should definitely be on anyone's radar for a fine quality dining experience um thank you (laughs) It's been so good to speak to you. I'd just like to hear, I know you're relatively new in your role as, as, as co-MD now. What are your quick uh, thoughts and visions for the future? Yeah, I think I've just finished my 100 days, first of 100 days, actually. So um, other business leaders who are watching this probably know how I feel right now, which is <laughs> quite tired. <laughs> um and I guess, other, yeah, other business leaders will know it's, um, I think whatever business you're running or organisation you're running, it's, um, it's it's tough times at the moment, you know, lots of change going on and COVID doesn't feel that long away when the world changed. So um, in terms of vision, I mean, like I said before, our vision is that 
everyone can experience the power of literature. Um, you know, we're on a mission to make that happen. So that doesn't change with um, me taking on this role. But my task now is to work with our staff and our volunteers to, you know, find new ways to help people discover shared reading, to inspire more people to lead groups. We offer some fantastic training for people who might be interested in doing that. And to develop new partnerships with organisations that can bring shared reading to people they work with um, or places that they in places in which they work. So there's a big task ahead there in terms of spreading the shared reading movement. Um, and at Calderstones, you know, it's still very much in its infancy. Um, you know, we had six months, then it was COVID. Um, and now we have, you know, quite a busy programme and it's a really busy site. Um, but we're still very much developing, you know, creatively what happens there. Um, so want to do more with the community around that and with cultural partners across the city as well. Um, we have a fantastic asset there in the park that um, we're keen to work with others to to develop. So two big creative tasks, I guess, ahead. But it's, um, you know, I'm a huge privilege to have this job to to take that on. Fantastic. Well, very best of luck with that. Now, we have a quick just for fun question that we ask all of our podcast guests. If you were to name the reader with a Beatles song title, what would it be and why? Well, my first choice would probably be Come Together. It's one of my personal favourites, actually. But given what we do, uh, it feels appropriate. Yeah. If I'm allowed a second one, it would probably be Strawberry Fields Forever because we're actually located very close to Strawberry Fields. So if you're someone that's interested in coming to the south of the city, you can see Calderstones and Strawberry Fields in one fell swoop. Well, we we haven't yet had had a repeat, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with your first answer on that one, and um, and and thank you very much. Just just in final final summary, if you wanted listeners to take away one key thing from our quick chat today what would it be do you realize that reading aloud together can change lives try it now go to the reader website find a group join us come and see us at calderstones if you run a business talk to us about how you can do it in your workplace fantastic Gemma. building communities through the power of shared reading thanks very much to you thank you thanks for having me If you want to find out more about some of the amazing things that are going on in Liverpool City Region, go to www.tuesday-media.com forward slash People of the Pool. People of the Pool is presented by me, Sophie Wilson. Until next time.